Welcome to the Wisdom Journey. Stephen Davey is teaching through the Bible with a new lesson each weekday. Stephen is the president of Wisdom International, a ministry that produces Bible teaching resources in nine languages. Today, we arrive at a familiar passage about a prodigal son. Those who seek what they think will be the joy of being free from God end up in the despair of enslavement to sin. This lesson is called The Prodigal. Have you ever thought about the fact that from the beginning of creation, the first couple, Adam and Eve, ran from God? You know, beloved, since then, the story of human history is the story of prodigals. That They're convinced by the lie of Satan that doing things their own way is the road to freedom. Well, let me tell you, that road's going to lead to trouble and despair every time. Well, now, Jesus has been uh, delivering some parables here about God searching for the lost. Uh, We looked at the lost sheep and uh, the lost coin, and now today in our wisdom journey, a lost son. Now, Luke is the only gospel writer who records this parable of the prodigal son, and we've divided this parable into scenes, and we could call this first scene, burning your bridges behind you. Now, Luke chapter 15 and verse 11, there was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me and he divided his property between them. Now, the implication here is that this father is a widow. Uh, He's older now. His sons are actually grown men. The older son is going to receive two-thirds of the family estate, according to the law, and the younger son is going to receive one-third. Now, in this culture, you need to understand it was shameful for a son to demand his inheritance while his father was still alive. So this is, this is a rather a shocking and painful request. The younger son is essentially saying to his father, I'm tired of waiting for you to die so I can get my hands on what's coming to me. One Bible scholar wrote that in this culture, this was tantamount to telling his father, I wish you were dead. You see, he's not just tired of waiting for his father to die. He's, he's tired of living under his father's authority and his father's standard of morality. Let me tell you, he was a prodigal long before he ever ran away from home. Now, verse 13 tells us, not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. The word used for gathered here refers to turning everything into currency. You see, he only wants the cash value of the land and and cattle. Uh, He isn't going to take cows with him into the far country. He wants cash. But most of all, he wants out. You see, he's going to burn every bridge behind him. I just sort of imagine his father standing there on the roadside as he watches his son uh, leave and, and perhaps never return again. Maybe you've been there in his sandals. Maybe, beloved, you're there right now. 
And you know the taste of, of those bitter tears as you've watched a child or a loved one run away from God and, and everyone else. Well, the next scene opens, and I'd like to call it looking for freedom from people who are already enslaved. Verse 13 tells us, He took a journey into a far country and there squandered his property in reckless living. Now, the far country implies that he's traveled outside of Jewish territory. The fact that he'll end up working on a hog farm gives you the idea that he's left Judaism behind. Uh, He's left his heritage behind. And, And by the way, he's left behind the God of Israel. Well, Jesus says here that he spent his inheritance in reckless living. That word reckless refers to drunkenness and debauchery. In fact, the older brother later on in this parable is going to say to the father that his younger brother spent his money on prostitutes. So the prodigal here is trying to find freedom among people who are already enslaved to sin. But make no mistake at this point. He's saying to himself, this is the life I've always dreamed of. These are my, you know, my real friends. This is my home. By the way, beloved, don't try to convince people who are sinning that they're not having a good time. No, sin is pleasurable. Independence from God feels like freedom, but it doesn't last. In fact, let me call this third scene, watching wild oats come to harvest. Now here in verse 14. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. Now, you need to understand to the Lord's Jewish audience, the picture that Jesus is painting here is a life that is completely beyond redemption. I mean, you cannot get any any, any further from God than this. You can't get any worse than this. You can't get any lower, any deeper in sin than the way Jesus describes this prodigal son. Now, to top it all off, His friends disappear as soon as his money runs out. He's abandoned by everyone. Don't miss this. He is abandoned by everyone just like he abandoned everyone back home. Now, before we go any farther, uh, let me offer two suggestions for those of you who are praying right now for some prodigal who's, who's running from God out there in the world today. First, ask God to help you build a bridge to your loved one, not not for compromising, but for communicating. Keep the conversation open. Lovingly insert gospel truth whenever it's appropriate. But just remember, your prodigal probably knows all those verses already by heart. Secondly, don't pray for the prodigal's good fortune. Pray for God to send a great famine. Pray for God to bring that one to an empty place that reveals the emptiness in their life. Beloved, don't pray that God will keep that prodigal out of the fire. Uh, Let me encourage you to ask God to heat it up. Remember, prodigals don't come to their senses in the father's house. They tend to come to their senses in the pig pen. 
Now, with that, the prodigal reaches here a point of, of desperation, and I believe what happens next is, is altogether misunderstood by many in the church today. Let's take a look here at verse 17, where, where Jesus says, But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Now, you might think that he's demonstrating repentance here, but I want to tell you he isn't, not at all. He's starving. He comes to himself. Literally, you could render that he comes to his senses. It's as if he, you know, he wakes up, a light bulb turns on, and he says to himself, what in the world am I doing out here, you know, feeding pigs, starving to death, when my father's hired servants, well, they have missed a meal. Now, what this prodigal does is come up with a speech he hopes will soften up his father. In fact, just enough to give him a job. You see, he plans on going home, not to repent, but to negotiate for employment. But isn't he going to say to his father here, I just read it, isn't he going to say, I have sinned against God and against you? Well, let me tell you, these Pharisees probably recognized that Jesus was using the the words Pharaoh, the exact words Pharaoh said to Moses to try and stop the plagues. Pharaoh said to Moses, I have sinned against God and against you, Exodus 10, verse 16. Now, according to verse 19 here in Luke's gospel, the prodigal also plans to say, and this is important to understand, to say, treat me as one of your hired servants. Now, you need to understand the word here for hired servants isn't the word for slaves or even household servants. It's a financial term. The Apostle Paul used it in referring to paying a salary, honor, that is, to elders who faithfully preached. When he says here, treat me as one of your hired servants, that verb treat me literally means fashion me, make this out of me, make me a hired craftsman, a skillful craftsman. So here's his speech. Let me boil it down to the truth. This is what he's after. Listen, Dad. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to pay for my apprenticeship so I can learn a new trade as a skilled, salaried craftsman. Now, we also know from history that this would allow him to live in the village nearby along with the other craftsmen. So he's still going to be independent of his father. He's not going to live at home. He's going to make a new career. It's going to allow him to regain some standing in the community. And let me tell you, at this point, he's, he's just planning to come home and save face. He's coming back to his father for financial assistance. He still wants money from his dad, but he's about to discover unlimited treasure. It's the unlimited treasure of his father's grace. Well, we're out of time uh, for today, so more on this next time. Until then, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Stephen called this lesson, The Prodigal. 
On our next broadcast, we'll continue this parable because the story really has two prodigals. But for now, I wonder if you're the parent, friend, or relative of a prodigal. If so, we'd like to join you in praying. We have a prayer team that prays by name for every request that comes in. We'd be honored to pray for you. We also have what we call our global prayer team, and these are people who pray for us and for our ministry. We share updates about what God is doing and provide suggestions for how you can pray for us. If you need prayer or if you want to pray for us, go to wisdomonline.org forward slash prayer. Everything you need is there. You can send us your request or join our prayer team or both. That address, again, is wisdomonline.org forward slash prayer. Visit today, then come back next time to continue your wisdom journey.